The Nonprofit Hour, a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do-gooders, with interviews, profiles, and documentaries. This is the Nonprofit Hour program here on X-Ray FM. The show is brought to us by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. I'm Jason Dennington. On today's show, we're joined by Dave Lowe from the Rebuilding Center to tell us all about the many aspects of the work that they do that goes far beyond the location that we may all know of on Mississippi Avenue. Here to tell us all about it, we're going to get kicked off with the show, and here is Phil Bussey with Dave Lowe. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Hour. I am in the second studio at X-Ray FM talking with David Lowe, Dave Lowe, who is the Volunteer Services Manager. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. The reason that we're in the uh, the other studio is that uh, the the uh, studio where we normally record is under construction, and Dave, you have something to do with that, don't you? I do indeed. In fact, uh, this whole adventure kind of got started when uh, I came and did a PSA uh, for X-Ray, and then met up with Jefferson here at the stadium. We said stadium, the studio, and started talking about just volunteerism, how. Uh, X-Ray uses and leverages volunteer work. And so I came in and did a just a free consult and heard what the staff had to say about how they use volunteers and how volunteers are involved here at the studio. And then that evolved into me talking to Liam and Chase about the need for a new studio. Um, and we work with so many community organizations that do uh, hands-on work as part of their uh, their process. And so we said, hey, why don't we build a new studio since you need a new studio? And I think we have hands and the materials and, uh, and that's where we are now, at the finishing stages of that adventure. And, and, and we being, in case I didn't announce this at, at top, is uh, the Rebuild Center. Yeah, Rebuilding Center. Rebuilding yes, Center. Yes, it's an yes. ongoing effort. <laughs> <laughs> it's active. Uh, thanks for correcting my verb there. You got it. Uh, so the, the, the Rebuilding Center, I love that place. Uh, what did you guys bring in to, to build a studio? I mean, you, you, you had everything you needed there just about as far as the bones of the structure and so uh, a lot of raw lumber um, and expertise you know we had a a volunteer named jet black who's kind of a traveling comedian and in general just awesome guy and and as serendipity would have it he just kind of popped into all of our lives right as we decided to build a studio and and uh, and he had some background some some expertise in studio design and construction and so um, we provided the materials for the build out the tools um, and, uh, and 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 knowledgeable volunteers and skilled people who knew how to do wall framing and uh, we figured out how to do a floating floor from reused tires, which is really cool. I, it's, I mean, it's a beautiful space, which is eighty five percent finished right now, th- uh, which we really appreciate. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a decent percentage. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, can can we just talk a little bit about Jet Black? I, I, yeah. Fan of Joan Jet and the Blackhearts? Is that just a coincidence? I think <laughs> I think it's largely coincidental. Yeah. So uh, Jet is uh, well, he's just a, he's a top notch fella, and he's he's a comedian um, and uh, a yoga uh, aficionado, if not an actual yogi. I'm not really sure, um, but uh, he's really he's really involved in the yoga community and in the uh, comic community. And so those are the two ways that he makes money while he's traveling around. And he's uh, headed back south now. Uh, but Jet just came to us 
uh, he, he just kind of did a cold call, just dropped by the rebuilding center and asked, what is this place? And then that's how we got started in the conversation. And then he had some extra time to give. So we, we put that to good use. Well, let's, let's start with that question, too, is, is uh, what is this place? What is the rebuilding center? And, and you know, I think what, the, what is interesting that you were just talking about is there, I think everybody knows that you guys have an amazing stock of used toilets, uh, great lumber yard. Um, <laughs> But that's really, I don't know, it's not the tip of the iceberg, it's the reverse. The tip of the iceberg is actually that the rebuilding center is a nonprofit called Our United Villages. Right. And so at its conceptualization in 1998, um, and you did a series on this before, I think you had my director and Stephen Reichard uh, maybe about five, six months ago, where he talked about the beginnings of the rebuilding center. And so I'll do a quick recap of that. But in 1998 or thereabouts, a group of community members came together and did something good for a local community member. It was a small effort of, of altruism. And uh, and, and through finding success in that endeavor, they wanted to create an organization that made similar acts more likely and more possible. Um, any nonprofit that uh, that operates successfully needs money, some sort of influx. And so to not be uh, beholden by our, our donors or state funding and, and having uh, initiatives that we need to act on that are outside of our community's interests, we wanted to find a way to create our own money. And, and then the idea of building materials came up. Um, let, 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 I'm just going to real fast, sorry, Dave, I'm going to be rude here and just, just uh, bump, uh, bump in a little bit. So building materials, I mean, I think that that's, it's, a, it's an amazing uh, business model that the United Villages slash Rebuilding Center has because, I mean, it is the dream in some ways that every nonprofit has that you have a viable revenue stream. But in some ways, has that revenue stream uh, uh, overwhelmed or eclipsed the original idea? I think there's an argument to be made for that, um, at least in the public perception of what the Rebuilding Center is. A lot of people go by the Rebuilding Center, they know about the Rebuilding Center, and they think that we are a large salvage yard, uh, which we are. Uh, but that salvage yard is a means to an end. It's conduit for the greater good that we're actually trying to enact, which is enabling our neighbors to uh, carry forth their ideas and turn them into action. And a lot of people have good ideas of how their community can work more equitably and more uh, socially justly, if that's a a term. We're going to make it one. It is now. Um, and then, but they, they don't know what, how to cut through the red tape. They have an idea. They know what A looks like and they know what Z looks like, but the 24 letters in between, they're not really sure how to navigate those paths. And so we exist as a free resource for people to turn good ideas into action. If that means getting them 501c3 status, setting up a, a board of directors, a, a volunteer base, a website, designing a logo, trademarking that logo, creating a film about the efforts of the organization that they're trying to build, uh, whatever that can be, we're here to be a free resource for actualizing that. You guys are sort of like a league of justice for nonprofits. We are. We're an equity league of justice. <laughs> so you just you just ticked off a lot of different things. Um, why don't we take a musical break and let's come back and and start to really go through the inventory of what the uh, rebuilding center slash United Villages does. Uh, this is the nonprofit hour. I'm talking with Dave Lowe, who is the volunteer services manager at the rebuilding center. How about a song selection? Uh, today we're going to start off with Everyday People by Sly and the Family Stone. Oh, such a great song.
That was, of course, the great and uh, uh, odd Sly and the Family Stone. Uh, how much of you do you know about Sly after uh, uh, he, he did his fantastic music in the late 60s and 70s? Admittedly, nothing. I was going to say admittedly not much, but then that would be hyperbolic. Uh, admittedly, nothing. Um, what I like about the song is that it really matches with our mission and that we treat everybody the same, that everybody has a backstory. Everybody has a reason for being in that point of time, and sometimes that point of time and that place is the rebuilding center for whatever reason. And so we, we always give the, the highest and most respectful interpretation to what brings people through our doors. Um, and so a song like uh, uh, Everyday People just kind of reminds me that everybody is everyday people, different strokes, different folks, uh, and that uh, some people may not like X, Y, and Z about someone else, but uh, in the end, uh, we're all quite the same and all after the same thing. That, I mean, that's a, that's a very generous way to begin a conversation or to be, begin a relationship. Uh, this is the nonprofit hour. We're talking with Dave Lowe, who is the volunteer services manager at the Rebuilding Center. Before the music break, we were talking about all the different things that Rebuilding Center does. And again, I think a lot of people uh, think of it as, as you said, maybe a salvage yard or a place to go get uh, a door frame or a window or uh, to, to build out their house or to build a tree house or do whatever project they're going to do. But really, you guys are there doing services in terms of you're doing marketing, you're helping people bring ideas into reality in terms of in, in the 501c3 framework, mm -hmm. uh, you're helping with uh, producing films now. So let's let's go through some of those. Uh, let's start with the, the films because you guys have a new um, space mm -hmm. that has media kiosks. Right. What what are those? How did this idea come about? Certainly. So the space is called uh, the Community Commons, and the idea came about that uh, we're going to have to back up a little bit and talk about what the space used to be. And it used to be a showroom for uh, furniture that we made out of salvage building materials. And so we had a division of the Rebuilding Center called uh, Refined Furniture, where we took reclaimed materials and made high-end furniture out of it and sold it into the, to the public. Uh, and then that was an additional revenue stream for us. Part of the reason that we did that was to... Uh, help create a healthy market for furniture made from salvage building materials um, to, to inspire people to, to leverage the resources that were already available in, in the form of high-grade lumber um, extracted from our cities and several forests. Uh, once that was up uh, alive and well, we discontinued that, that business and, and started looking at how can we leverage this space more appropriately towards our ongoing mission of serving the north and northeast corridors of Portland, both on a social and environmental level. Um, and so uh, media uh, came up as something that we never really dabbled in. Um, you know, we existed for more than a decade on word of mouth and good relationships with neighbors, uh, which is how we still exist. Um, but the, the world turns, right? And so uh, people were starting to get more of their information from social media. Um, you know, even as we as we look now, uh, the, the the real versus fake news world of you know you want to spend seven to eight seconds digesting a, a message and then move on to the next thing. And so we wanted to make sure that we were still capturing people as Portland changed, as the world changed. And so the the Commons came up as an idea to share stories about the social impact of the Rebuilding Center, the environmental impact of the Rebuilding Center, um, and then also stories about the north and northeast parts of Portland, its past and present. So highlighting things like the Vanport uh, story that uh, many people know about, but many more don't. Uh, and then using these stories about our past and present to advise a more equitable and socially just future. 
Uh, and so that's what the Commons is really all about. It focuses on those four different areas. Talking about the Rebuilding Center, yes, but um, but using that as a pathway towards understanding the community in which the Rebuilding Center has thrived for so long. And so, so people will be able to walk into the Commons and there are a, 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 a standing sort of movie screen. Yes, That's four of them. Four of them. Yeah. You know, just sort of a, a, a tablet on a pedestal. Yes, a glorified tablet on a pedestal. Right. And so the process got started with Architecture for Humanity, which I believe is based out of New York, but they have a chapter here, um, which I believe uh, has since been renamed, um, but consists of the same people. Um, but basically, it's a nonprofit organization that uses their design and architectural skills for good. Um, and they came in and helped us design the space. And they also helped us design the kiosks that these uh, glorified tablets are now put into. Um, and so now they are all built. They, they took it upon themselves to build the first one. And then uh, volunteers from around the city uh, kind of came upon us and, and helped us build the other three. Now they're up and running. And we are in the final stages of getting all four of the touchscreens into the kiosk so people can browse at will stories about our social impact, environmental impact, and then past, present, and future of, of, uh, of Portland. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Rebuilding Center is such a beehive. I mean, there, there's a, there's you took me up a, a few weeks ago up into a loft area where you have high-end cameras and editing stations. Mm -hmm. um, I believe you got through Mount Hood Regulatory uh, Cable Commission. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and and so now you're you're using those those are available to do what? Well, we use them largely to um, help create our newsletter and, and various social feeds. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, our blog, our newsletter. Um, these are all things that are done by our volunteers. There are articles and short films and uh, uh, photo journals created by volunteers about not only what the Rebuilding Center is doing, but social and environmental efforts in Portland as a whole. So we ask our volunteers to come up with the articles, and then they're able to use those, uh, those filmmaking and, uh, and, and photography equipment for those uh, outlets. Um, we've also created a, a number of short films that really highlight some of the projects that we're doing. Um, a volunteer named Ryan Fruga, who uh, heads up uh, 1000 Dreams uh, production company, came in as a volunteer and just gave his expertise in creating films about um, one, a very short one was about Portland State University's architecture class that came in uh, as part of their material study coursework to come in and use salvage building materials and then design and build a new trade show booth for the Rebuilding Center out of Rebuilding Center materials. And he created a small film about that, uh, that, that both the Rebuilding Center and PSU Architecture Department can celebrate in. Um, and then he took the same equipment and created another film about the three string theory, which is our partnership with Portland Public Schools and the seventh grade maker experience, where um, I talked a little bit about this on another radio interview I did uh, earlier this year. Um, uh, it's, it's about challenging seventh graders to conceptualize design and then eventually build a three string instrument using salvage building materials. And so he created a film about that. And so uh, those are two examples that have been done recently using that film and photography equipment uh, for any number of things. And, and again, I mean, I keep, uh, I, I'm sorry that I keep harping on the idea, but just, you know, the, the rebuilding center, again, I feel like people uh, have, have very different interactions with it. Mm -hmm. You know, and some people are coming there just for lumber, but as you're saying, you have, uh, I, I've seen earlier this winter, busloads of students coming and going from there and uh, arriving and, or leaving with the, these, these, uh, 
guitars. I mean, of right. all different shapes and sizes. And, and it's very interesting that you guys have so many different ways to interface. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me a little bit more about, I mean, as your job is as the volunteer services manager, how are people coming there and, and then how do you set them out and how many volunteers are you working with? Well, we get about 2,000 volunteers every year, give or take. Um, these volunteers, well, let, let, me, let me start with kind of the ethos of the organization. So our, the, the mission statement is, uh, is all about leveraging uh, existing resources in order to add to the social and environmental vitality of our communities. And so as you, uh, as you uh, mentioned, it's a broad swath of ways that we interact with this mission statement because the mission statement is intentionally vague. The volunteer services role is, is to be an extension uh, of that, that mission by acknowledging that volunteers' time and skill sets and ambitions um, are, are available resources. Uh, they are available resources not only to the community around them, but to themselves. And so um, we try to flip the script on volunteerism, which a lot of people would assign altruistic uh, uh, values to. It's all about giving back, being part of community. It is that, and it can be a selfish endeavor. Volunteering can be a service to the volunteer coming in. And so... Explain, explain that. Yeah. So as you volunteer somewhere, um, you want to feed the hungry. You want to uh, uh, create sustainable environmental practices. You want to do whatever the mission is that the organization is putting forth. But you also want something for yourself. You, you, at the base level, you want a good time. You want to enjoy the time that you're spending doing this altruistic thing. Um, but what if you could have your cake and eat it too? What if you could uh, keep things out of the waste stream, uh, create media content that highlights the social and environmental good that community members and neighbors are doing, and add that to your resume, and build skill sets that you never thought you had the opportunity to do through volunteering? We get a lot of volunteers that come to us through court-mandated, um, what I, uh, one of my least favorite terms, community service. Right Now it's uh, vilified. Uh, the idea of community service is something that you have to do, and uh, it takes the kind of takes the goodness out of it. The the idea whenever you hear community service, and so what we do is we try to make that community service, quote unquote, an actual service to the community, first and foremost to the volunteer who is a representative of our community. And so as people come to us for any kind of volunteer work, I want to hear what drives them. I want to know what their passions and ambitions and outlook on life is. So if a project that doesn't speak to those already exists, then we can create that project. So are you, are you, are you doing intake interviews, uh, almost a Meyer Briggs personality test when they come in? <laughs> we do have a, a, an orientation. It's an hour-long orientation where uh, the time is really spent getting to know one another around the table. We have anywhere between 5 and 15 people at these orientations that we hold weekly. And we always start with uh, just introductions. We want to know uh, why are you here? What brought you to the Rebuilding Center? What does your volunteer life look like in the past? Uh, what do you think your volunteer life looks like, at least in the near and distant future with the Rebuilding Center? Um, and then what is it that, what is it that you're interested in? Uh, and then we go into the background of the organization. We kind of blitz through that so people have some context of, of why helping out at the Rebuilding Center matters. So even if they spend their time helping to organize donations as they come in, they know where those go, uh, that effort ends up. Um, but we use that as at least the beginning of a dialogue of how do we get selfish about our volunteer work and how can I help with that? So if you have a volunteer who was told for one reason or another that they have to go do 40 hours of volunteer work, I want to make sure that I'm doing my part, that that volunteer is focusing on the project and not the hours. 
So I want it to be a lot less about the hours. I don't care how long you spend doing it. Um, if you're doing something because you enjoy it, 40 hours will come and go, easy peasy. And so it's my job to document the 40 hours and get that proof of hours into someone's hands. Um, but it's also my job to make sure that the hours don't feel like hours. They feel like minutes for the volunteers to come through. What, what has been one of the craziest uh, volunteer efforts that you've had? Something that, that you just would not have been able to imagine and, and somebody came in and either they wanted it or organically it came up in conversation and you're like, yeah, let's, 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 go, let's go build a recording studio for a, a, a radio station in town. <laughs> uh, that's certainly a good example, but we'll deviate from that for the, for the, the sake of, of, uh, of variety. Um, a great example would be what is now our communications and marketing manager, Ashley. She came to us as a volunteer. Uh, one of the things that she identified immediately as, as she was volunteering with us is that our website was subpar in her, in her eyes. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and likely in just everybody's eyes. It just wasn't a very good website. Um, and we knew this, but we were looking to pool resources in order to do it. Well, Ashley came in as a volunteer and, uh, and just wanted to clean up our website. So she started you know, finding and, and mapping all of our uh, error links and dead links and everything else. And, uh, and, and eventually, over, the, over about a year, that grew into what is now a full-time position as communications and marketing manager that she's on staff with us now. Um, that wouldn't have been possible without someone having the freedom to do what they love as a volunteer. If, if Ashley would have come to our organization and been put out on the warehouse floor, she would have done a stellar and exemplary job of organizing and, and helping us make some sense of the organized chaos that is the 53,000 square feet of the rebuilding center. Um, but she was far more impactful being set loose on, on a project that no one in-house had any idea how to actually do. Uh, and so as a volunteer, she, she added immense value just because she was given that freedom to just take a look and go. Um, and, and that's evolved into what is uh, becoming a, a bit of a, a, a social media and, and PR renaissance at the Rebuilding Center, where we're, we're doing things differently and more, more rapidly and with more intention. Interesting. And, and, and I, want, I want to get to a song break here in a second. But I, I mean, some of the stuff that you've been uh, flirting with as you talk is is about this media production and about rebuilding centers, uh, media presence, uh, as, as and, and content production. Is is rebuilding center in a way becoming like a neighborhood uh, newspaper, for lack of a better word, or a neighborhood media platform? No, no, not at all. Um, there's just a lot of interest out there. And I think there's also a bit of a void of grassroots efforts of people talking about what it's like in their neighborhoods and what it's like next door and what their neighbors are up to. Uh, and so if we can set a, a precedent, a successful precedent, of having community-based media run out of a 20-foot by 20-foot box above a salvage yard, um, then we can take whatever success we're able to create and, and let someone else run with that and create a new model um, that can really take hold. That's been, our, that's been our position from the start. If someone wanted to create a, a rebuilding center across the street, we would give them our logo, we would give them our business plans, we would give them our volunteers, and we would say go because it, the world needs more grassroots efforts and people feeling empowered to act upon the ideas they know should come to fruition in their communities. Dave Lowe is the volunteer services manager at the Rebuilding Center and how about another song break? Oh, you better believe it. This time we have Ural Thomas, uh, a good friend and neighbor of the Rebuilding Center with Smile. And, and literally neighbor. Literally neighbor. 
Yeah, he gets our excess wood and uses it to heat his home. Yeah. Excellent. Let's let's uh, let's listen to Portland's own Ural Thomas. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Nonprofit Hour from the Media Institute for Social Change on X-Ray FM. To become a supporting member of the Media Institute and find out more about their work, you can visit mediamakingchange.org. Members receive annual benefits and support programs such as the Nonprofit Hour and their summer documentary program. The Nonprofit Hour is also brought to you in part by generous support from Pacific Continental Bank and BusinessWorks. Find out more at therightbank.com or businessworkspdx.com. We also receive support from Living Room Realty, who are committed to living and doing business with meaning. And Ristretto Roasters, locally owned and small batch roasted since 2005. Four cafes in urban Portland 
and available at local markets and online. More info at rrpdx.com. Uh, that was Yurel Thomas, who is uh, Rebuilding Center's neighbor, and uh, um, I want this to sound right, but sort of a repurposed musician in his <laughs> in his own right. I mean, he was uh, uh, touring and recording in the late '60s, mm-hmm. uh, and and then you know took a break from really touring and recording, but but kept having these Sunday music gatherings at his space, which is just adjacent to the back alley of the Rebuilding Center. Right. And was uh, quote unquote rediscovered, right? Yeah, ironically, Portland's uh, best new band last year, which yeah. I, I I love the title <laughs> that right next to Ural Thomas and the Pain uh, that that's the best new band. It's I mean it what I mean what an incredible voice. I mean it, it sounds as if like he has just picked up the torch where Otis Redding left it off. It's really beautiful, and uh, we we recently had a retirement party for Linda Hunter, who is our longtime uh, community outreach and community legacy program manager. And uh, Ural Thomas uh, played that retirement party, and it was really incredible. We'd set up our, our trailers in our lumber yard and cleared out a whole bunch of space and, uh, and, and created a stage, and we got to rock out to Ural Thomas. You're listening to the Nonprofit Hour on X-Ray FM. I, this is Phil Bussey. I'm speaking with Dave Lowe, who is the Volunteer Services Manager at Rebuilding Center, who has been talking about uh, everything that Rebuilding Center does uh, in terms of... Uh, giving uh, volunteers uh, projects, uh, helping them find their inspiration, uh, as well as what you may already know the Rebuilding Center to be. Uh, how did how did you land in Portland, and, and how did you land at the Rebuilding Center? Uh, second most asked question, I think, ever of me. Um, <laughs> the What's the first most asked question? I actually don't know. I came up with the second because I figured there's got to be one more uh, prodigious than that, but... Uh, Maybe it is the most asked question. Uh, my wife got into grad school here at Portland State University for conflict resolution. Um, at the time, we were living in Charlotte, North Carolina, and not really finding anything that really spoke to our passions and ambitions. And so the, the, the time was right to make a change. And so we made a change out here to Portland. Um, I had never been here before. So when we arrived, after a two-and-a-half-week road trip through the middle of the country, which was a blast uh, in and of itself, she dropped me off at the corner of Fremont and Mississippi and said, find a job, um, you know, nicely, right? Um, and so I just, I, I think I stopped into Mississippi Pizza and inquired about what employment looks like there. Turns out you need to know your stuff to toss pizzas for, for, for that establishment. I've never tossed a pizza in my life, so I walked across the street and found a, a flyer on the door asking for driver and material handler. Um, at the Rebuilding Center, and so I applied. Um, as luck would have it, my previous job in Charlotte was actually a professional uh, mover and crew leader um, for a high-end moving company, so I had all the, all the know-how as far as how to pack a truck and, uh, and, and, and run crews and all that, and so uh, I got the job as a driver and material handler. And, and, then and I, I just became, want to pause real fast. That has yeah. to be one of the shortest <laughs> Uh, job searches ever. I mean, you barely made it a hundred yards. Yeah, I, I only put in one application, um, which I, I can I can hear the groans from everybody right now, uh, and, and I know how fortunate I was to to be able to just walk into one place, fill out one application, wait one week, do one interview, and get one job. I I am one hundred percent fortunate and 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 one hundred and ten percent aware of that fortune. Um, that aside. Uh, 
after working for about a year in the driving department, I started becoming more and more aware of the social endeavors that the Rebuilding Center actually works on and the history of the organization and why we keep things out of the waste stream. Um, and started internalizing that a bit more and found myself telling people about the actual mission of the Rebuilding Center while I was making site visits, picking up building materials from people who couldn't transport it themselves. And then an opportunity came up where they were looking for a part-time volunteer coordinator. I think they called it the Volunteer Igniter at that point. Um, and they hired one individual and that just didn't work out for one reason or another and so the, the vacancy was, was there again and so I, I, I applied and, and I said as long as you're okay with knowing that I have no background and no knowledge and no experience in volunteer management or nonprofit administration or office work, um, as long as you're okay with that, um, if you want to go into this adventure eyes wide open with me then let's do it and the, and, and, and the, uh, the board. And, uh, and the leadership at the Rebuilding Center said yes. And so uh, that's what really began where we are now. And, and the, the volunteer services quickly evolved into a department with uh, two employees working uh, with me. Um, uh, with, uh, I'm, I'm now full-time staff. Uh, we have another full-time staff member uh, working with me directly with volunteers. And, and we've also taken under our wing our educational programming. So. Uh, volunteer services and education are kind of what I run at the Rebuilding Center and that's all through uh, it all started with being dropped off on the corner of Mississippi and just being uh, kind of hard-headed about what I wanted to do uh, after I got involved with the Rebuilding Center. That's, uh, that's a fantastic success story. Um, hey, I want to I want to switch and, and talk a little bit about uh, wrap up our conversation perhaps where I should have started it but Talking about where all these materials come from, mm -hmm. uh, so so a lot of what's going on is people are tearing apart their homes, mm -hmm. in some ways they're they're taking yeah. things out of it, uh, whether that's a that's a toilet or a door frame, and and instead of tossing it, they're they're bringing it to you guys. Can you talk a little bit about? I mean, are, are there any videos out there of people tearing apart their houses? I mean, it sounds sort of fascinating thing to watch. Yeah, so um, the Rebuilding Center is home of the, the nation's first year-round deconstruction services. And what deconstruction is, is the mindful gleaning of component parts of a house that's destined for demolition. Um, demolition can employ between one and two individuals and can get a house flattened in no time. Uh, uh, this sends every bit of that house into the waste stream directly. Uh, deconstruction can employ at a higher wage between six and eight individuals. Um, and can save about 85% of a building's major componentry uh, by crawling around the house and taking it apart piece by piece in the reverse order in which it was built. Um, in February, we, uh, as a city, were successful in passing uh, a law that makes deconstruction mandatory for all structures built 1916 and, and earlier. We were at the table to help those proceedings come along. Um, and I forget the original question. Reload me. Uh, uh, just talking about where the materials for the rebuilding center comes from. Yeah. So I, let's 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 uh, hover a little bit more about that new ordinance. Yeah, and that's okay. that's fascinating because I mean, walking around Portland for the past year, uh, one of the the uh, uh, lawn signs that seems prevalent is "Don't demolish Portland," mm -hmm. and that seems to fit in with what you guys are doing. Right. Um, it's a form of demolition, however, and people see it the same thing. Uh, so if we see it as the same thing, rather, and so if we're deconstructing a home in a neighborhood, uh, neighbors see it as a demolition still. Uh, the, the house is coming down, and, and they're not so much angry about the demolition as they are about what's going to replace that structure. 
Um, and so whenever I hear people say stop demolishing Portland, um, what, what I'm, me personally, what I'm really hearing is stop uh, putting large condos in my backyard, uh, which is completely understandable. Uh, it changes it changes everything about your neighborhood. It changes your neighbors. It changes the aesthetics. It changes everything. Um, what some people are, are are very afraid of as well is that demolition, no matter how mindfully done, particularly in Portland, will leak asbestos and lead into your groundwater and into your soil and into the air. Um, even though you do a proper abatement to get the the process started with demolition, you wreck it, Ralph. Right? You go in, you, you turn it into a trash heap, and you you ship it off. Uh, which does not allow for the discovery and then uh, mindful extraction of furtherly, uh, further asbestos and lead. Um, what deconstruction allows us to do is to do a proper abatement at the onset, just like demolition, and then we go piece by piece. And then when we discover asbestos or lead, we stop and do another abatement, uh, which allows the community to stay healthier, like physically healthier. Um, and the process takes longer, which is kind of a downside, but it's also an upside because it allows conversations to start with neighbors. They walk by and they see volunteers helping with the, the mindful gleaning of the structure. They see four or five people taking apart the joists and the floorboards. Um, and so they're inevitably going to ask what's going on, what's different, uh, because it's obviously not a demolition where there's a big track hoe in here and they're just leveling the place. Uh, and that allows us to really engage with our neighbors and talk about the differences between demolition and deconstruction and, and, the, and the social good that can come out of harvesting from our cities instead of our forests um, and, and the, the obvious environmental impacts of that. Um, about 30 trees worth of lumber are salvaged from each demolition project um, that we don't need to go buy new. We can now have salvaged from the rebuilding center or Habitat for Humanity or any other uh, place that's dealing in salvaged lumber. Um, we also keep our air and water clean by not uh, using large machines. We're able to uh, provide a little over 900 extra uh, hours of uh, living wage paid to uh, our employees through deconstruction instead of demolition. Um, and again, it, it acts as a nice springboard for people to ask, what is this? What is the Rebuilding Center? And allows us to tell them a little bit more about how we can change our relationship with building materials and leverage those resources towards social and environmental vitality. Dave Lowe is the volunteer services manager at the Rebuilding Center. It's, it's such a fascinating place. I, I, I mean, I, that question, what is the Rebuilding Center, um, seems to have a hundred different answers. It does. Uh, thank you for all the work that you do. Thank you for uh, directing people uh, in, into meaningful volunteer work. Uh, and for the work that they do. Uh, if somebody does want to uh, become part of the, the, the troop, how do they do that? In, in a number of ways. You can email me at dave at rebuilding center. So it's me at there.org, <laughs> right? Um, or you can give me a call. Uh, my, my number is available on the website. There's, a, there's I think, two different phone numbers. Um, and, uh, and then just sign up for an orientation. Learn more about the different ways to get involved. Uh, there are also classes and workshops that we offer. Um, we offer scholarships for these classes and workshops to make them available to everybody. Uh, so people can pay between you know, $50 and, and $150 uh, to, to donate towards uh, the scholarship fund. And then uh, if you need a scholarship, get in touch with me. Let me know that you would like to take a class and expand your skill set. Um, and we can get you into volunteering and get a scholarship going as well. And uh, one more song to take us out. Yeah, of course. Uh, we're going to have A Change Is Going to Come by Sam Cooke.
That was Sam Cooke, a change is going to come. You know, we're going to go uh, right into a, a, a second song here. Uh, this is a song done by uh, some students that the Rebuilding Center was working with. Uh, Dave, do you want to give a little bit more uh, insight into this song? Certainly. I'm really happy to give this song an opportunity to get out in the air. This is a rap for social justice done by students at Park Rose High School that wanted to create a positive message for standing up to bullying and uh, putting some version of social justice into the hands of the students uh, and, and creating a message that was peer-to-peer, -peer, um, not coming from students or parents or adults, but something that students were telling students. And this is a project that we worked on uh, a few years ago, and volunteers came together to shoot uh, a music video and, uh, and create the original soundtrack for this song. Let's give a listen. RJP, you know we fresh to death. You want me mad at us? Yeah, we dressed and pressed. Walk past your girl, yeah, she know we so fly. She wanna make a smile every time we walk by. But not that for the girls, just the education. Don't need that bad, but that good, that reputation. We get A's and C's. 
Never F's and D's. Man, it's RJP. Yeah, you know where to be. I'ma reach out to the sky. You'll never touch me. Why up up in the building? Yeah, it's fly as can see. I don't play. I do my thing in the schools and streets. And when I'm on the field, I'm running dudes over like trees. I'm on a real, real mission. Don't need nobody with me. I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that mean? That's me. Y-D. Independent for a minute. And man, I'm just rapping. RJP, we the best in. And all you others could take a real quick second to think about your life, be what you wanna be in your future. It's all up to you, man. You're your only future. Huh? And we didn't told you before. Huh? Huh? And we didn't told you before. Huh? Huh? And we didn't told you before. It's RJP and we repping the roles. Huh? Huh? And we didn't told you before. Huh? Huh? And we didn't told you before. Huh? And we done told you before, it's RJP, and we reppin' the rose, huh? Huh? And we reppin' the rose, huh? Huh? And we reppin' the rose, huh? Huh? And we reppin' the rose, it's RJP, and you already know, huh? Uh, and it's RJP, our objective is to better our community. Nah, we ain't perfect, we here to make a change, it's 100% worth it. Being a leader and saying how you feel Being a people person is a really good skill We ain't afraid of the spotlight We stand up to bullies and we break up those fights Uh, yeah, and we just doing our thing It's RJP and we in our own lane Like, ooh, gon' fall back Cause you don't wanna end it like that You gotta keep your grades or keep them right Grades or keep them right and keep them tight You gotta keep your grades or keep them right Great, and keep them right and keep them tight. Who that? Talking about who that? I got a couple C's, I'm gonna try to improve that. Yeah, me too, I thought you already knew that. We both trying to become on the road students. Me and my crew, and we trying to keep it trill. RJP, and we trying to keep it real. Stand out the streets, but we live in the field. Listen to my boy, he about to spit that real. Dropping that beat, RJP. Repping this town, that's 503. 503, yeah, he already said it. RJP, and you know we rep it. Repping this town, we gotta hold it down. Improving this school, changing frowns into smiles. Keeping people satisfied all around the school. RJP, and that's what we do. Uh, I'm the youngest in the group. I'ma hold it down when my boys leave the school. Uh, and improve my attitude. Shout out to the ladies and respect y'all too. Uh, and we done told you before, huh? Huh? And we done told you before, huh? Huh? And we done told you before, it's RJP and we reppin' the road, huh? Huh? And we done told you before, huh? Huh? And we done told you before, huh? Huh? And we done told you before, it's RJP and we reppin' the road, huh? Jason Dennington and is recorded at the production studios of X-Ray FM. You can follow us on Facebook or via our Twitter handle at Nonprofit Hour and find archives of past shows on our SoundCloud page or free podcasts on the Apple iTunes Store. If you'd like to make a comment or suggestion about an organization we should profile on a future show, please send an email to nph at mediamakingchange.org. 
we'd like to thank our guests on the show this week, Dave Lowe from the Rebuilding Center. And we'd also like to thank the Media Institute, our host Phil Bussey, X-Ray FM, and your regular listeners. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you have a great week and join us again next week at 6 a.m. Monday or 1 p.m. on Tuesday for the Nonprofit Hour Show.